Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. Yeah. Empire. Thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the urban sports scene with myself, Wole, Ray, Jeezy, and Will T are out. And we are part of Empire Media at AmpireMedia.com. I hope you all are having a great day. It's been a splendid day for myself. You know, another good day. March Madness has been going down last week. Um, So if you know me, I'm a big fan of March Madness. I'm a big fan of the college tournament, the excitement, the purity of young men playing and women playing a sport that they love in basketball and not playing for the money, but just playing for their team. Uh, you saw a bunch of upsets already. Just nothing like March, March Madness. Ray and I always debate which, kind, which, which is bigger, the Super Bowl or March Madness. And at first I was like the Super Bowl, but now it's just, just the excitement of March and just seeing how these, you know, these big Cinderella stories and the competition – and you can see like the pressure in terms of some of the favorites and how, you know, pressure burst pipes. Um, I just think that March Madness is one of the dopest things out there um, in in sports, to be honest with you. Uh, it's, you know, that. And also, I didn't say last week um, because it was so busy with so many guests and whatnot. But R.I.P. Scott Hall, if you grew up watching wrestling like I like I have not become a wrestling fan again. Uh, but back in the day, man, shoot. Scott Hall was it. Like, that was Razor Ramon was the man. And he was part of your childhood growing up. Like, when he, so when you, if you heard the news that he passed, um, I'm sure if you were, you know, an 80s baby, you kind of were like, damn, Razor Ramon left this earth. So, uh, RIP Razor Ramon, he, um, he brought so much. If you were, again, if you were, if you grew up a wrestling fan, even if you wasn't a wrestling, wrestling fan, Nine times out of ten, you were definitely a Razor Ramon fan. Like, there was no... I mean, come on, man. Chico, he stole the guard belt. He had the whole Scarface vibe. I mean, Scarface is one of my favorite movies. So, when when I saw that dude, it was a wrap. So, again, RIP to uh, uh to Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. Hope, um, hope, I'm, we're praying for his family, praying for him, I mean, his soul and whatnot. You know, rest, rest, rest peacefully, and hopefully, you know, you're in a better place, and you know, there's no more pain in your life. In your life, because if you were a Scott Hall fan, you also know that um, he had a lot of demons. Just like you know, a lot of people have things they have to deal with, but he had a lot of demons. So, if you were a fan of uh, of Scott Hall, um, you know, pray for him, pray for his family, uh, because again, NWA, I'm mean, NWO, you know, and Razor Ramon, it was just lit, man. It was lit. Sorry, y'all. I'm on the phone texting. Um, also, Empire uh, Media hosts multiple D- multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Commander Insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today uh, USA Today Insider Mike Jones. Uh, subscribe to our podcast on. On Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the urban sports scene. Also, um, um, so you can uh, make sure you subscribe to our urban sports scene YouTube channel as well. Um, this show can be found on Podcast DC, the, lo- the local app with hundreds of options in local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Amplifier shows as well as other great content. 
Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG Urban, which is at Urban Sports Scene, and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Will T would normally say it, but he's not in the building. Let's get into our tradition. The pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll debate whether the Washington Commanders should still draft a quarterback, founder of Double Take Sports and Three Point Convergence, Washington Commanders reporter, Karita Parks will jump on the show. Then at 8.20, Kevin Nibley from Talk Nets will join me to talk about the Washington, Nas- the Washington Nationals offseason moves and the retirement, well, Ryan Zimmerman's jersey being retired. Excuse me. At <laughs> 8.35, I'll talk March Madness finally in, in our new segment, HBCU Corner, because you know everybody on the show went to a HBCU. We'll talk with Norfolk State University's men's basketball coach and and MEAC Player of the Year, Joe Bryant Jr. All right, right now, I have founder of Double Take Sports and Three Point Conversions, Washington Commanders reporter Karita Parks on the line. What's good, Karita? What's up? Always good to be here. Oh, it's it's awesome to have you, Miss Parker. Miss Parks, I'm about to call you Miss Parker. I'm still watching Friday. <laughs> you know, I was watching Friday not too long ago. It's still in the head. Still in the head. <laughs> All right, I cool. thank you, thank you. See, that's why we that's why we're homies. You know, I appreciate you too. All right, so Karita, uh, Washington. First off, how you been? I don't want to like. Are you been good? I've seen you doing I big. I see you doing big things. I, were you were you at the Super Bowl? You were interviewing. You were doing a lot. I was. I was doing a lot. I was at the Super Bowl. I was trying to make up for that COVID break. Uh, okay. <laughs> Where nobody was really allowed to get into the Super Bowl activities. Mm-hmm. Um. So I was like, listen, I'm here and I'm about to show up and show out. Oh, I see. I seen the pictures. You were showing out. I synced it. Yes. <laughs> I saked it. You was having your own two eyes. With my own two eyes. You was living it up. You were living the dream. That's what I call it. Living the dream. (laughs) Living the dream for sure. Definitely. Definitely. All right. So, all right. Washington now. I mean, Washington now has Carson Wentz as the quarterback. They also have the 11 pick overall. They they went to a projected uh, first rounder, Kenny Pickett's pro day. Uh, Do you think this team may still draft a quarterback? I think it's very possible that they still may draft a quarterback. I see Carson Wentz as the win-now option. Uh But you still have to start planning for your future. I know that there's a possibility and they that he could be the future of the franchise, but I don't think you can put all your money on that Uh because the fact of the matter is there are durability issues with Carson Wentz. And it continues to occur, you know, ever since that 2017 injury, it just doesn't seem like he's been able to bounce back and be the same player. Do I think he will be enough to maybe get them to the playoffs? I hope so. And I think so. But like I said, you still have to start planning for your future at this point. Taylor Heineke is a backup. You don't have a lot of options at quarterback. Why Why do folks still mention that name? Like, I'm still trying to get over that. Like, fans love mentioning that. Not you. I'm not saying you're a fan. But why do people keep mentioning that name like it's it could still be a savior? Like, he's like Taylor Heineke has to be mentioned. I don't even get I that. Mean, I didn't say he'd be a savior. Not you. Not you. Not you, Karina. That's another reason why he needs, <laughs> they need to draft a quarterback. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Actually, I'm like. Do you really want that to be your backup? I mean, I know, Eric, like, you have a lot of mm-hmm. people who fallen, have fallen in love with Taylor Heineke. And God yeah. bless him. He seems like such a nice guy. And he's such... <laughs> that is like, everything. You said that about Scott. No, it was uh, it was somebody else. I don't even think it was Scott Brooks, because I go ham with Scott I Brooks. I can't remember who it's it was, somebody else. Nice guy is never... Oh, 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 it's the, oh, it was the kicker. It was the kicker. It was Hopkins. It was Dustin. I know, I know exactly who it was. Oh, it was. Now, you know what Justin Hopkins was a nice exactly. guy. Exactly. <laughs> he was a very nice guy. He was, I mean, that, he was well, a legit. usually followed up with a butt. I know, but he was a legit nice guy. Like, Dustin Hopkins was a legit <laughs> nice guy. Like, a legit nice guy. Um, yeah. When I got to go to games, I, you know, he was a legit <laughs> nice guy. But, like, <laughs> Taylor. I know, you and me both. <laughs> see, look, we want to go with Karina. I ain't trying to go there. But, anyway. I, I caught it. I caught it. <laughs> I know. I know you would. But, uh. But I'm sure he is, but it's, he has so much heart, right? Like Taylor Heineke yeah. has so much he heart. Does. 
But it gets to a point where, God, I'm sick of people just mentioning that. You do need, like, talent. I mean, you have to have overall God. You have to have some God-given talent to get you to a Mm -hmm. certain level to to be successful in the NFL. I mean, it's just – it is what it is. Everybody – like, we watch too much TV. Like, Rudy was cool in college. And you don't see Rudy in the NFL. I'm sorry. It sounds jacked up to say this, but it's the truth. (laughs) Well, fans not gonna like me saying this, but I didn't say it. My mom said it. Right. She said she was like, "There's a reason Taylor Heineke was going to get his degree." Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you know, so he knows that, like, the opportunity. Yes, the opportunity presented his, itself, uh-huh. but he knew, like, that he probably wasn't necessarily a long-term option in the NFL. Yeah, that's why he was getting his degree. But it was a dream that came alive for him and he was you know he did what he needed to do when he did it yeah. but he did not work out as a starter yeah. for Washington and that's just what it is I know so I'm just saying with if the 11 pick is out there I mean mm-hmm. ideally like I would like a linebacker ideally but <laughs> I wouldn't be mad Mm-hmm. If they got a quarterback, I feel like with that pick, just to your point, and I actually like Carson Wentz, so I've been mm-hmm. a Carson Wentz fan for a while. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, I liked him. I, he's been different, obviously, since the injury. Like he's been different, right? So when that's not, but he's had a level of success, and even last season, if you told me a quarterback throwing about twenty-seven touchdowns and seven interceptions, I would say that's that's good. Like I don't even think I, it's amazing what fans try to like b- belittle. Like I know his last. His, his the game against Jacksonville, everyone remembers, right? Because he had a yeah. horrible game against Jacksonville. It didn't Jacksonville. end well. Yeah, the it season ended didn't end well. Right? <laughs> this is this is calling for what it is. Like he looked horrible, right? It's the Jaguars. Everyone thought you're making the playoffs. They no one was thinking like you weren't gonna you weren't gonna make the playoffs. And then you yeah. have that game. That's the game that people remember. But uh-huh. in the totality of your season, twenty seven and seven. It's pretty good. It's not. It's not. I don't. I make. I'm making it sound like pretty good is like. It's okay. Like it was freaking amazing. Like twenty seven to seven is good. Are good stats. I don't care what your situation is. Like I don't care. You have Jonathan Taylor as your running back. Like I can give you a bunch of trash quarterbacks that have a decent running back. That have a good running back and, st- and don't up, don't put up them put up those numbers. So all right. So twenty seven seven is pretty good. And with, with all that being said, to your point, Karita, like he does do things that he gets hurt. Like he does get hurt because he. he this is a reality. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, I you know, <laughs> it's bad luck for him. And here. But that just seems to be the reality, and you have to think about it. We yeah. hope he doesn't get hurt. Of course. But you do have to keep that in mind. Uh-huh. And with Taylor Heineke as your backup. I, and, and if you look at Washington historically in the draft, they always let the board kind of come to them, right? Yeah. So if there's a quarterback that's still that they are interested in that's still available when they pick in the first round, and even if they pick in the second round, yeah, I can see them taking it. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you this. Like if Kenny Pickett, or I know fans mm-hmm. don't won't like if I say this, but I don't care. <laughs> If Malik Willis, if Malik Willis is out there, I'm taking him. I'm fine with taking him. Oh yeah, him. you got you got to take Malik Willis. Yeah. If he's still there at eleven, and oh, you don't take him, that's just not not a good decision. I'm just I'm like this. Like obviously, like this organization is trash in terms of. I'm sorry, <laughs> it is what it is in terms of of what talent is or whatever. If the Steelers like Malik Malik Willis and think he can be their guy. Then that tells me, like, all right, you ain't better than the Steelers. I don't even care what you trying to, what Kool Aid you drinking. Like, <laughs> if the Steelers think he's he could be a future quarterback and can be the heir heir apparent to a Big Ben, then that tells you enough. Like, that just yeah. that tells me they feel like they have the coaching in place and the and the um, structure in place to make sure that kid is successful. But listen I, to this. Uh-huh. Another aspect of that, Malik Willis. Uh-huh. If you, so besides his talent, if you think about that video that came out when he was at the Combine. Yeah, so yeah. Of, right? So for Washington, truth be told, that's the kind of guy they need. <laughs> for real. Yeah, I'm like with just you. When it comes from, when it comes to a positive uh-huh. visibility and just overall positive vibe, yeah. that's what 
they do need. Now, the thing that scares me about that is for whatever reason, there is some sort of dysfunction that always seems to follow this so franchise. True. So true. And so I wouldn't want I wouldn't want that to tarnish what his ability could be in the NFL. That would be my only concern with him in particular. You're listening to the Urban Sportsy right now. I'm chatting with founder of Double Take Sports and Three Point Conversions, Washington Commander uh, reporter Karita Parks. So I agree with you, Karita. I mean, I do agree with you with, about the organization and the drama. I also am not a big fan of the coaching for for Malik, for Malik Willis. To be honest with you, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's too. the that's the thing that bothers me more than anything yeah. about him coming here. Does like Scott Turner really bring out his the best in, of him? Yes, that's right. what I'm. That's what I need. That's, so I know everyone who listens to me, they know that I'm a Scott. I mean, I don't. I claim it. I don't even hide it. Like I'm a Scott Tur- <laughs> Turner basher. Like whatever you want, hater, whatever you want to call me, I'm I'm that. I am that person. Okay. <laughs> Let's not call it. Let's call a spade a spade. I am that person. All right? You want to say I'm a hater? I I claim it. I will take it and run with it. Um, but I just don't. I don't trust him. Like with a Malik a Malik Willis. <laughs> I don't think he's that because Malik to me Malik Willis. When you do come from a smaller school, uh-huh. he did. I mean, he started off at a big school and didn't work out. Went to a smaller school and started to show out a little bit. When you do mm-hmm. go to a smaller school. You did. You do need a little bit more work to work with it because competition is different. Now, iron sharpens iron sharpens iron. It just that's just a fact. So, but if you are not saying limited, if 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 that's the case, you're coming from a smaller school. You do need the like the best teaching, right, or the best yep. offensive mind to help you out to kind of work with you or put you in situations to be successful. So, I'm not sure they had that here for this kid to kind of to start off on a good a a, a fast track. You know, fast well, track. Well, also, look at Dwayne Haskins. Now, he was his own worst enemy yes. in some yeah. cases. Uh-huh. But they didn't, but he also needed some work as well. And they didn't really have the patience to do the work when it came to him. And yeah. I will also say with Malik Willis, he is, he doesn't need to be a starter necessarily in his rookie year. No, he doesn't. But he deserves to start in this league. Uh-huh. And the thing with Washington is if Carson Wentz has a good season, they're not going to move away from Carson Wentz. Oh no, no, no! Um, yeah, the following season, so he could end up being stuck in that backup role uh-huh. for longer than I think he should be. Yeah, but that that gives you collateral, then you know what I mean. Like you can now make Malik Willis trade bait. You can trade him somewhere. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it's just to me, they're in a situation where beggars can't be choosers, man. Like this organization needs <laughs> a young boy to be the quarterback. Like Carson Wentz is still young. I would love it, but I, I am with you. Whoever they choose, um, but particularly Malik Willis, but whoever they get, can that's going to be the question, I think, with any of these guys. Uh-huh. Can Scott Turner bring out the best in them? Yeah, that's the, the only time will tell. It, re, it really will, because I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't believe in that dude, man. You already, you already know, man. I, I just don't. I'm gonna yeah, keep that you, you didn't even have nothing to say. Only time will tell. I, yeah, only time will tell. I don't believe in him. Hey, Karita, before I let you go, and I appreciate you for being on. Uh, please let our listeners know how they can catch I me, mean, catch you on social media, and also about your podcast and multiple podcasts mm-hmm. now, and just you know any kind of content that you want to just put out there because you're just doing it. You're doing it big. Yeah, big I'm trying to do it in every every aspect. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you follow me on social media at Karita C. Parts. That's on all platforms. Um, you can find all my work on that page, but particularly on Instagram, you can also follow at Parts PR. That's my uh, PR company, but I put out a lot of sports. PR videos, so I look at the perspective of PR when it comes to hot sports topics. Also, follow Double Take Sports. <laughs> That's where I uh-huh. um, write thought pieces, and the social media for that is at DBL Take Sports. That's also all platforms. And last but not least, cannot forget my pod, my Wizards podcast, yep. the Triple Dub Pod. So follow that at Triple W Pod on Twitter. Yeah, I got a lot going on. But. You got a lot. You know, man, she's she doing it big. Big things popping but, out here, but man. But I will say, I will repeat: if you follow at Karina C Parts, all of that content content appears. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Hey, Karina, thanks for being on. You know, I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me. All right, take care. Stay blessed. You too. All right.
Again, that's Karita Parks. Make sure you check her out on Twitter at Karita C. Parks. She's dope. She's a dope individual. All right. Talk Nats. Kevin Nibley will join me to talk about the Nats offseason moves and the Nats retiring. Ryan Zimmerman's jersey after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Saint for Aegis. You dig? Deuces. You know it's all about the are listening to the urban sports scene with myself wole ray jeezy and will t are, are are out and we are part of Empire media at 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 empiremedia.com all right all right right now we have kevin nibley from talk nats on the line what's good kevin hey wole how's it going man i'm doing good i'm doing good uh, you know, it's interesting. The off, you know, it's just it's wild how baseball is now working out. We had like a a strike, and now all of a sudden everything's going <laughs> on right now, and and all these moves are happening. Like I'm like, oh wow, okay, like oh, <laughs> like people they're not rest, they're not wasting any time making these moves happen. Yeah, no, it was it was uh you know fast and furious as soon as they made the deal. Uh, lots of signings, uh, you know, trades, everything. Yeah, I was surprised. Like initially, like. Uh, Freddie, Freddie, uh, Freddie Freeman's not not in Atlanta anymore. Didn't think that would ever happen. Um, you know, even yeah. it's like I didn't think that was even possible. That the the Braves making a trade to get Olsen from from, yeah. from the Braves. I mean, from the from the A's. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's tough, tough uh, for the Braves fans. You know, they they win the World Series, and before they even get to do their uh, banner raising, uh, you know, face of their franchise is is uh, <laughs> lowballed and, and goes to LA. Um, but yeah, no, baseball's a tough business, and and you know, Atlanta did, did the move they thought they had to make to kind of get younger and and maybe a little bit cheaper there for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I think I mean, in terms of plate discipline, one of the better hitters in baseball. That's kind of I don't know. I don't know if that's the. It's he's a, definitely young. And power, power hitter in in Olsen, but Freeman's special. He's a different type of dude. Um, <laughs> he really mm-hmm. is. He's a different type of dude. But let's get to the Nets. I don't want to talk about the Braves. We'll talk about the Nets. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we get into like some of the offseason moves for the Nets, the Nets are retiring Ryan Zimmerman's jersey. Your thoughts when you heard the new heard the announcement? I think that's a great move for them. Uh, obviously, Ryan is. The face of the franchise has been the face of the franchise uh, for, you know, over 15, 16 years now, you know, since he debuted in in the mid 2000s. Um, You know, again, uh, this Nats season, as we've been seeing on Twitter with some of the people who replied, you know, this might not be like the year for the Nats. So I I think any move like that, you know, a feel good event like that where the fans can really celebrate Ryan, um, you know, that that's good for the franchise. Uh, you know, sadly, one of the things with COVID is, is a lot of, uh, we didn't really get to celebrate the world series in yeah. 2019, uh-huh. maybe the way we could have, um, as NAS fans. So something like this in 2022, where, you know, we can make a big deal out of Ryan's retirement, I, I think will, uh, be a positive, uh, you know, for the fan base for sure. What, what is your favorite Ryan Zimmerman, uh, memory or, or moment? You know, he had a lot of great ones on the way up, but I'm going to choose the one in 2019 when he hit that home run off of Garrett Cole in game one of the World Series. Um, The Astros were heavily favored. I want to say the score is 2 nothing at that point, Astros. And, you know, as a Nats fan, you're thinking, eh, like maybe we got as far as we could this year. We're probably not going to beat Houston. Maybe, you know, they're just too good. And, also, Garrett Cole was considered to be superhuman in that series. And, you know, the announce, I think like Joe Buck and, you know, John Schmaltz or whatever, uh, you know, they're 
loving Garrett Cole and he's like the greatest pitcher who's ever lived. And then like Ryan hits this just bomb to center field and uh, Cole throws his hands up like a child, like before the balls even left the yard. It was like right when it came off of Ryan's bat, he throws his hands up in frustration. And that was kind of that moment, you know, like in a movie Predator when he, the Predator bleeds, you know, and you're like, okay, wait a second, like we can hit this guy. And then, you know, and then that's uh, Blue that came out and he won the first two games in Houston. So that's, for me, one of my favorites. Um, he's he's had a lot of he's had a bunch of walk offs, um, but that one I think uh, was my favorite for sure. And and you know on that also in that 2019 run he hit uh, I want to say three run homer in game four against the Dodgers yeah, in the NLDS that, yeah. that really kind of sealed that game. And uh, those were two huge hits uh, during that run. And I mentioned this on a on, those are all good ones. And I mentioned this on a prior show uh, once I heard, I guess once we heard the news that he was retiring um, that. You know, what I remember most about him is just, you know, before the injury and the throwing issues, he was uh, one of the best third yeah. basemen, period. Like, and I feel like we lost, you know, folks kind of, we forget about that now, right? But when he was coming up, he was yeah. like one of the best, like, compared, he was compared to like Brooks Robinson. You know what I'm saying? Like, he yeah. was that good. Talking about a guy who was smooth with the glove. He made everything seem so easy. Kind of, and I'm going to use another old, kind of Orioles fan. So I'm going to use this, I'm going to use <laughs> this um, comparison. He reminded me of Kyle at shortstop. Like, they just kind of made things so easy. They, it was so effortless. Like, when they, like, any like diving play, just there was no panic. He was just he was just smooth at third. It just and I just wish that he could have, you know, stayed healthy in terms of the arm issues or whatnot and be able and been able to stay in that position. For sure. Yeah, he got a, a cortisone shot, I wanna say. It's like twenty ten, twenty eleven, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Uh, it's all getting fuzzy, I'm getting older. <laughs> but it was somewhere <laughs> around there. And uh yeah, when he came back, it's just his throwing uh motion and accuracy just wasn't what it, it had been before i mean it was a little rough you had to uh-huh. kind of go underhand and, yeah. and with not a lot of gas on it um you know so they obviously moved him to first and yeah he was on pace for probably uh, a hall of fame career as a third baseman yes. for that injury but but one thing i loved about him is uh it wasn't like he quit you know it wasn't like he uh just gave it up when he couldn't play third anymore. He moved the first during the 2014 playoff run. They actually had him coming off the bench yes. uh, that year. He never complained. He like took a back seat. Uh, Rendon had moved over to third and is Drew Cabrera. I believe they brought in to play second. Ryan came off the bench. It wasn't a distraction. Um, just, just a great uh, professional uh, teammate player, everything, you know, everything you could want um, from a face of franchise. I think for the Nats, he was like, this generation's David Wright. You know, he yeah. was a guy that, that, you know, maybe not always the best player on the team every year, but he's, you know, maybe one of the best examples, best leaders, you know, on the team every year for sure. Oh, uh, well, you already know how much I, I respected Brian Zimmerman. I always wanted him to start at first. I would always complain. He should be starting. Like, you, you yeah. remember, I used to always tweet that. He should be starting. Uh, even when he, you know, when folks were like, there are better options. Like, no, Ryan should start. He's he's hot enough. <laughs> he should start. Um, but let's, <laughs> but again, Ryan Zimmerman, so happy for him. I'm, I'm glad he's getting this day, that day of acknowledgement. Uh, yeah. It's well-deserved. All right, so the Nationals have made several off-season moves. Um, I can talk about them, but I want, I want to know what's your favorite <laughs> off-season move for the, uh, from the Nets this off-season. Um, yeah, they, they've made a, a several moves. Uh, you know, obviously Nelson Cruz is the one that uh, – Love him. I what? love it. Well, have, yeah, he will have the most impact in terms of, of run scoring. Um, you know, he's 41. I think he turns 42 during the season. But, you know, I mean, he's still hitting 30, 40 home runs a year, yeah. you know. And uh, it, it will, I imagine they'll slot him in right after Soto, um, you know, and it'll give uh, Soto some protection. So maybe Soto won't get walked quite as much. Um, and then also, uh, I think Soto's uh, like a fan of his. I, he seemed very excited uh, to, you know, be playing with Nelson Cruz. And, and you know, a big part of this Nats season is going to be whether they can uh, extend, you know, re-sign Juan Soto long-term. So to make a move like that for a guy that Soto would, you know, enjoy playing with, uh, that's a great move. Um, so that's that's the headliner. Aside from that, you know, I don't necessarily think the Nats are trying to – they're not trying to compete this year the way they had in the past. The Nats are rebuilding, you know, uh, barring – just a crazy set of, you know, like 1990 Cleveland Indians from the movie Major League kind of <laughs> things happening, you know, like the Nats are probably finishing fourth or fifth this year and the division's really going to be between the Braves, the Mets, and the Phillies. But, uh-huh. uh, 
you know, uh, they did some feel good things for the fans. They're, they're bringing back uh, Hannibal Sanchez yeah, uh, and uh, Sean Doolittle and uh, Gerardo Parra. Uh, you know, I don't know if any of those three will really make a difference in wins and losses, but, you know, it, it could. Uh, Sanchez looked good, uh, you know, his first spring game. I guess people are saying he was throwing the ball well in his workout. Uh-huh. I don't know. Um, you know, they, they made a couple other. They've made a lot of little marginal moves, like uh, Steve Shisek, uh, the reliever, Cesar Hernandez, second baseman. Um, a, a rough pronunciation, but uh, I believe it's A. Ray Adrianza from the Braves. He's like a utility infielder. He's also on the Twins. Um, they got a, a, a bunch of depth pieces, all veterans, all one-year deals. So, you know, if they do need to sell them at the deadline again, they can. Um, and, and I think that's just basically what the Nats strategy this offseason was. Um, a lot of short-term deals. Um, you know, there's a world where if Strasburg and Corbin both pitch well and See? Josiah Gray and maybe Kay Cavalli are good, that maybe they could compete a little bit. But most likely they're going to be selling off uh, veterans who are playing well at the deadline again, getting more prospects and kind of – moving further into this rebuild that they're, you know, they've set out See, on since the trade deadline See, last year. Look, now you're thinking like me. I'm thinking some, there is something. You got, you got some pictures that can kind of help you out. Um, but what about, <laughs> uh, oh, remind me, because I'm not sure. You know, you know I'm a Fetty guy. Is Fetty still on the roster or he's gone? I don't remind no, Fetty's me. still there. Okay. Uh, he's probably going to, because Strasburg right now is taking his time coming back. He's probably not going to be ready for opening day. So, uh-huh. Fetty, I believe, should slot in the uh, opening uh, rotation, at least for the first couple weeks. Okay. Uh, you know, and I think if he pitches well, he'll probably stay there. He's a guy, you know, a lot of this Nat season's going to be about some of these prospects who haven't quite come exactly. to fruition yet. Of course. Like Fetty, Robles, uh, yeah. Kiboom. There you go. These kind of guys, you know, so this this is probably going to be their last. Fetty, Robles, Kiboom, I think all three of them, this might be their last year to really – show something, you know, uh, to stick in the plans of this team, for sure. You're, you're listening to the Urban Sports Team, part of Amplifier Media at AmplifierMedia.com. Right now, we have Talk Nats, uh, Kevin Nibley on the line. So, Kev, they have Aaron, they have Aaron Sanchez, too, right? Yeah, yep. Okay, I like it. I used to like, I used to like Aaron San- Sanchez. thought he had potential. Um, for you, who are, who are some low-key nice acquisitions by, by this team? Uh, Loki, you know, he looked pretty good in the spring game that was on TV yesterday. Uh, but I don't know if you remember uh, D. Strange Gordon. I think he used yeah. to just go by D. Gordon. D. Gordon, um, yeah, I know D. Gordon. He yeah. played for the Marlins at the time, right? Played the Marlins. Yep, yep, yep. Uh-huh. He, we got him. Um, he looked pretty decent out there yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, that's a guy who maybe a couple things go a certain way. He could help the team out, stay on the roster. Um, Aside from that, uh, you know, Shisak, I think, could be a good reliever, uh, or he's been a good reliever in the past. He throws, like, underhand, uh, sidearm, um, but he's been effective. And oddly, even after the trade deadline when they got rid of Trey and Schwarber and everyone else, the Nats scored a lot of runs um, down the stretch. It's just their bullpen was so bad they blew so many games. So, uh, you know, getting Shisak in there, Doolittle I'm not expecting a ton from, but you know, if you look at him, not necessarily coming in to be a closer, but he's coming in more to just replace what Sam Clay did last year, just to be a left-handed arm, come in like sixth, seventh innings, something like that. That's certainly an upgrade over Sam Clay. There, there are a few little things. I, I think, like as you mentioned, Aaron Sanchez is a nice little uh-huh. piece that you could use him. You know, maybe in the rotation is you know, or maybe out of, probably out of bullpen. I, you know, I, I, that seems like to be the Nats' strategy. Is is uh, they just bought, it's like they went to the bodega and just bought a bunch of scratchy lotto tickets yeah and like they're just kind of hoping like some of them hit and you know who knows maybe they'll compete but odds are they won't but then even if these guys hit they could then flip them you know send them to, to contenders get more prospects you know and, yeah. and and when the nats built that uh their last long tenure run i mean that's kind of what they did the way back in the day they yeah. traded matt caps for wilson ramos yep. you know they they, they pull these moves you know they got michael morris from seattle for like a song you know you, you do these little moves in this stage of the team building and you know you end up with some guys that might help the team for three four years you know really kind of get off the ground i think for the nats really they're probably looking more at like next year or even 2024 before they're really ready to take off is what it seems to be the blueprint. Look, I mean, I'm an Orioles fan. We did that. We did that, <laughs> with, we did that with Buck. I'm just saying we did that with Buck. We got a lot of bargain. Nelson, the folks, they, Nelson Cruz is one of them. 
Like folks yeah. didn't believe they were like Nelson Cruz. All right, he, you're getting all these type of players that are vets, but aren't really, you know, ain't the guys that you need to win uh, win baseball games. And he helped them win. They got a bunch of to the point which you're referring to a bunch of guys yeah. like lotto ticket guys. Then all of a sudden they panned out and they and they won the East. They won the AL East. You know what I mean with the Yankees and yeah. So I'm just saying like I get like where fans are coming from, but just this like. We all watch baseball for years. It's not even there are certain there are certain recipes that help you win baseball games. The, there's a reason why the A's compete twenty four seven. There's a reason why. Yeah. There is a recipe like it just ha- and the Nats have individuals if they play to their capabilities. What I'm talking about is in Corbin yeah. and Strauss. If they say they say Strauss is healthy and Corbin plays to the level he's supposed to, uh, he usually plays. But other than like last the last couple of seasons or last year, definitely. Yeah. That. They can be, uh, they can be a solid team. Now, I'm not saying can they beat the the Mets on paper looks scary, right? Um, yeah. The Braves are defending champions, so you have to respect that. But if things go the way that they're supposed to, and you have a superstar in Soto, not a star, you have a superstar in Soto, yeah. there is an opportunity to compete. Like I think we all kind of look at the problem. I think with like a lot of baseball fans, the people who've been tweeting, and I get it. You want to have like the Yankees super squad or the Dodgers super yep. squad. Not everybody has those type of teams. If you really look at the Braves last season, to be honest with you, barring a couple players, uh, their key players went da- their key player went down. They were still mm-hmm. able to win the World Series. So all I'm saying that if certain things go w- go well, if Robles gets gives you 75 percent of his potential, if um, Keyboom does, you know, same thing, 75%. If so, if yeah. the light bulb switches, right, and clicks, and then boom, then you are in a better situation than what people all, all right now think. You know what I mean? There's like an, like, like I guess not to quote, like uh, <clears throat> Luke Russert, uh, you know, he's like an ads fan, his dad, uh-huh. Tim Russert. He's always yeah. talking about the inside straight in politics of yeah. like, you know, you need like these exact things to happen yes. to win. That's It's sort of what the Nats, the Nats need inside straight. That inside straight is Strasburg and Corbin going back to 2019 levels. Uh, Josiah Gray and, and Kate Cavalli looked really good in spring uh, the other day. Yeah. You know, if those two, even if one of the two of them can can really latch on and be an impact, you know, rookie or or first or I guess Gray would be a second year player, yeah. but be an impact young arm. Uh, in the rotation, and then maybe you know you get uh, one of the two Sanchez's as like a decent four starter, yes. and somehow you you plug in the fifth between Fetty and, and everyone else, you know Ross, whoever, you know. Um, then that's not that bad a rotation. I mean, you have to. Then that's when the World Series three years ago uh, with Strass and Corbin, that's, you know, yeah, and, and with and, ERA and like yeah. right around three. Yes. You know, so it's not impossible. Is it likely? Probably not. Yeah, not probably but not. certainly not impossible. Yeah, that's my thing. It's just not impossible. I've seen worse squads, put it that way. I just just want baseball fans. I've seen worse. Like, and I've seen worse make it to the postseason. That's all I'm saying. I've seen worse make it to the postseason. You know, and there's like, so I just, like, I'm always amazed how the the A's make it. Like, to be honest with you, I'm always amazed how the A's make it, and they do. Um, Kevin, before I let you go, can you let our listeners know how they can catch on social media and also how they can catch your content? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I am just uh, at uh, K underscore uh, Nibley on uh, Twitter. I had a lot of baseball posts and movie posts, things like that. Um, Talk Nats, uh, I'm a regular uh, contributor to that site. Um, it's just talknats.com. It's the best place uh, on the Internet uh, to learn about the Washington Nationals, really in-depth stuff. And, again, there's a, in a transitional year where we're going to have a lot of new face, a lot of rookies, a lot of uh, – you know, people that aren't household names, that's probably the best place you can go to really get in the weeds and learn every little thing about every new, you know, the next wave of the next uh, great Nats team. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much what I have going on right now. Um, thanks as always, man. Always a pleasure. Oh, Kevin, it's always a pre- pleasure having you on. And I will be, you know, I can't be, I'm excited for our fantasy baseball I, I know so. you gotta activate your team. I will. And, and, I'm gonna do that. Remember, thank you for reminding me. Thank you for reminding. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that as soon as the show is over. Trust me. We uh, we had a we had a playoff. I, I I think we had like the the, the craziest playoff matchup last year. Last like, year. I know like, <laughs> we did. <laughs> Look, I was honestly I was gloating to my uh, my other co-host. Like, I, and I, t- I was telling him, see, I'm I'm a baseball savant. I'm in the playoffs. I was like, I, I didn't even, and I was like, I. 
I just got a bunch of free agents and I kind of mixed the match and I got into the playoffs. And then I was like, I was, I was arrogant. I was confident. I thought I was going to win. I'm not going to lie to you, Kev. I thought I was going to win. You should have won. I, I got lucky. <laughs> I actually, I, I think I, I had like the luckiest uh, things, string of, I had like about 20 things happen that needed oh, to happen. Oh, man. So it, it was fun, win. though. You, you should have been in the finals for it, sure. It was fun, though. It definitely was fun. I, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm, I will activate my team. Trust me. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Carl. I appreciate <laughs> it. No problem. All right. Thanks, Kev. You have a good one. All right. I'll catch you later. All right, you too. All right. Yep. All right, and that's Kev. That's Kevin Nibley on Talk Nets. So make sure you check him out. TalkNets.com. So make sure you check him out. All right, March Madness talk. I will predict who advances passes past. Excuse me, the Sweet Sixteen after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Thing for ages. You dig deuces. shining moment man that thing is lit rain will get on me but maybe it's will but one shining moment is amazing you are listening to the urban sports scene with myself wole ray and will tr out and we are part of amplifier media at amplifiermedia.com all right so i was going to talk about some march madness there have been a lot of upsets in the tournament i had kentucky get into the final four then saint peter's wanted to mess up the church's money also north carolina went Wanted to be good, the good Tar Heels by beating Baylor in the second round. I'm telling you, Carolina better keep that same energy throughout the, this postseason because, and during the season they were so inconsistent. Well, now you know what I feel kind of froggy. Feel kind of good. I'm. I will attempt to predict who wins and advances to the Final Four. So, you know, make it make it situated. All right. And also feel free to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and tweet, excuse me, at Urban Sports Scene and comment about this on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. All right. So I'm, I'm looking through it. I'm going to make these moves. I'm going to make this happen. All right. All right. You got Gonzaga, Arkansas. Gonzaga's been kind of shaky. I'm not going to lie. And truth be told, when I was doing my bracket, I kind I, I wanted to pick Memphis to beat Gonzaga. I was like, th- I was this close. But I'm gonna go Gonzaga over Arkansas. Texas Tech, Duke. It's Coach K's special season, right? I'm gonna go with Duke. Carolina, UCLA. I'm gonna give this to Carolina. Then Carolina beats UCLA. Purdue, St. Peter's, who knocked up man, St. Peter's. Ooh. I'm going to go Purdue. I think St. Peter's. I think it, it ends there. I think it, it ends for St. Peter's. Arizona, Houston. I'm going with Arizona. Michigan, Villanova. I think I had Nova winning. But I'm going to go in my own bracket. But I, I'm going to go with Michigan. I'm going to go with Michigan. They're, Michigan's hot. Kansas versus Providence. I'm going to go with Kansas. Um, Iowa State, Miami. Miami look good. I'm going to go with Miami. I got Arizona. You know, I got and then I got Arizona. Um... Beating Michigan in the Final Four. I got Kansas in the Final Four. I got 
I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with North Carolina in the Final Four. I'm gonna go with Gonzaga in the Final Four. Those will be my Final Four teams. Uh, my man on Twitter, my man Cam Killer Cam. He did tweet me. Trying to look at it. Killer Cam tweet. He tweeted the team about he gave me. He gave us his predictions. I'm trying to show respect to Killer Cam. Let's see. Let me see my man. My man Killer Cam. Yo, Killer. Here we go. All right, Cam. Cam has Gonzaga, Texas Tech, UNC, Purdue, Arizona, Nova, Kansas, Miami. Those are the teams that he has advanced to the Elite Eight. His final four teams are Gonzaga, UNC. He says, my UNC Tar Heels, Arizona, and Kansas. Hey, appreciate you, Cam, man. Hey, also, make sure y'all tweet Cam man, at Cam Mingo, which is at C-A-M-M-I-N-G-O. Tweet my man, all right? Show him some love, man. He a dope dude. But those, so those are my picks. Um, those are that's my final four. So, yeah. Um, again, let me repeat my final four. If I can remember, remember my final four. I said Arizona, Gonzaga, right, Arizona, UNC, and Kansas. Boom. That's my final four. All right. As part of our new segment, HBCU Corner, Norfolk State Guard, and MEAC Player of the Year, Joe Bryant Jr. will jump on the show after the break of listening to the Urban Sports Saint for ages. Yiddig deuces. Southern University, What's up with y'all? Alabama State, damn you, Clark Atlanta. I shake your money maker, don't let that money maker. I shake that money maker, don't let that money maker. Oh, shake your money maker, don't let that money maker. I shake that money maker, don't let that money maker. I shake that money maker, don't let that money maker. You know I accommodate you, and I accommodate you. I make you. I know you're home lately. I turn your curly hair into that bone straightening. I make you moan, baby. It feel right, don't it? I know I'm wrong, baby. That pheromone fragrance can't miss no car payments. I kiss her earlobe like what you doing later? The bucket alligator. Them lanes agitator. I'm talking out your beauty. No makeup applicator. She say I killed the. I seen the affidavit. She blew my cap off. Like I had graduated, the roof decapitated, the booth contaminated. Hey, check my face card, I bet it's laminated. My jewelry carbonated, my yard a haunted I like the nomination, the roll my dice in Vegas. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with myself, Wole, Ray Jeezy, and Will T are out. And we are part of Empire Media at Empire Media dot com i mean this is a dope this is a dope time this is a dope segment i'm kind of you know kind of geeked all right we are bringing out our new segment called hbcu corner here we will spotlight coaches and players within the h within, within hbcu athletics here's an interview with norfolk state guard joe bryan jr uh, this interview was recorded early recorded earlier today i w- would like to say that this dude is a dope dude i mean i I think big things popping for him. So, hey, just tune in. Welcome to HBCU Corner. Right now, we have Norfolk State University's men's basketball guard for, and MEAC Player of the Year, Joe Bryant Jr. on the show. What's up, Joe? And welcome to the Urban Sports Team, my man. What's up? What's up? How you doing? Appreciate you having Oh, no problem, man. Pleasure to have you on. So before we, you know, get to the nitty gritty, some of the stuff, we're gonna, I'm going to ask you some real tough questions, though. Some real easy, you know, some tough, some tough little Barbara Walter-ish type of questions. All right. So first off, who's your favorite musical artist? Uh, a little baby. Little baby? I'm a T.I. dude. That's cool. It's cool. All right. Who's your favorite hooper? LeBron. LeBron? All right. That's your goat? Go? Yeah, that's my goat. Okay, you know what? I'm, I'm mad. Magic's my goat, and I've always folks who love Jordan. I'm like the reason why I love LeBron so much because he reminds me of Magic Johnson. All right, 
So, uh, favorite basketball team? I'm a Bron guy, so wherever Bron go, I go. So. Okay, no, I respect that. I respect that. I root for, <laughs> I root for, I root for, I root for Bron. I ain't gonna lie. You know, I was, it was. A, I'm a Lakers fan. Like I said, I grew up, a, I grew up a Lakers fan. And when he came to LA, I was boosted because I wanted him since I saw him as a rookie. I was like, I, this dude needs to be a Laker. Yeah. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. No what? Yeah, I don't like when when people you know doubt Bron. Like I take that to heart. Like that's my, that's really my favorite player. Bruh, they're haters. That's why. They're haters. You know what I mean? Anytime a player goes from place to place and their team wins championships, this is my thing. When LeBron leaves, see how those teams perform. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. (laughs) All right, so, all right. I'm probably biased. Who has the best homecoming? You HBCU dude. Who Who has the best homecoming? Norfolk State, of course. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Look, don't let, you shouldn't hesitate. You shouldn't hesitate. You hesitate yeah. a little too long on that one, though. Nah, <laughs> the, 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 the connection messed me up a little bit. Uh, I got you. I got you. No problem, man. All right, Norfolk State. All right, so can you? All right, can you? All right, so this is a good. This is one. Thing. All right, I know Coach Jones is probably will probably watch this show. All right, who wins the game one on one? You or Coach Jones? Me. Without it, without question. He said. You said me. Without question. <laughs> Not a question. That's dope. All right, man. Well, since we've already did some of like the fun questions and whatnot, let's get right into it. La- you know, last year you were the at most outstanding player in the conference tournament, and you followed that up with the with that award, and you got me at player of the year this season. Can you talk about your motivation going into this season? Going to like the well, the, the current season. Uh, my mind's just been focused on getting back to the to the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, the off season, uh, I was in the weight room heavy. Uh, I was in the gym heavy, you know, just working on my game, trying to get, get myself better. And, you know, just taking it one game at a time. Uh, first couple of games I had, uh, I had some good games. I had a couple of 20-point games. Uh, then we played Xavier. I didn't do so well. So, you know, I had to look myself in the mirror and, you feel me, get myself right and lock back in. And then that 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 carried on for the rest of the season. Dope, dope. So you're back-to-back MEAC tournament champions, and you won a division this season. Um, can you talk about this that accomplishment? Say it one more time. All right, you, uh, you're back-to-back MEAC tournament champions, and you won the division a uh, division this year. Can you talk about that accomplishment? Uh, you know, it, it means a lot. Um, you know, bringing championships back to the city, back to the school. Uh, you know, and also sharing memories with my teammates and my coaches. Um, you know, they, they they go to war with me every day, uh, every practice, every game. Um, you know, I, I'll take these group of guys over anybody. Dope, dope. So you mentioned, um, so you mentioned, you know, obviously, you know, doing for your, doing for the city. You are from Norfolk. So is there any pressure, you know, being from Norfolk and then actually representing, you know, the university like that? No, you know, I, I don't feel no pressure at all. Okay. Um, you know, the, I feel like the the city of Norfolk has my back, whether, you know, through the, the ups and the downs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's, they, they basically my family. Uh, I have a huge family, and, you know, they, they treat me as such. Dope, dope. So I, I mentioned, you know, we we're talking a little bit before, and I mentioned how, you know, you helped build this program two years, you know, of great play, not just, you know, not just good play, but great play. And this program, to me, is projecting, like, back-to-back, you know, tournament appearances for Norfolk State and uh, University, and you're part of it. Um, how do you, does it take? Does it? Do you have some sort of some sense of pride knowing your role in building in, in helping build this program? Yeah. Uh, well, first is to start with the the older guys before me, um, the guys who who taught me the ropes and taught me how to, you know, lead Norfolk State's championships. So um, by them giving me those mental nuggets, I, I use that and into my career and helping the guys that come after me, uh-huh. you know, keep up, keep up that culture. Um, Nova State is a winning culture. Um, I'm all about winning. So, you know, that goes hand in hand. So, uh, you know, my, I feel like my job is to, you know, help, help the guys that come after me, you know, be great. So, so what for in terms, and I mentioned coach Jones, what has coach Jones meant to you as a coach and a mentor? Uh, it means a lot, you know, uh, he took a chance on me. You know, he didn't, he didn't have to. So, you know, I, I always appreciate him for that. And, um, you know, he, he stuck with me. You know, as a freshman, I didn't play a lot. Um, you know, I had guys before me that, that started, 
over me and, you know, they were good. So, you know, I, I couldn't complain about that, but I still was a great teammate my freshman year. And then those guys that started over me, they transferred. So, you know, that, that opened spots up for me to, you know, to take over the starters responsibility my sophomore year. Uh-huh. And, you know, he, Coach John, he just took me under his wing. Uh, you know, he, he helped me a lot. Um, you know, with defense, uh, you know, he's a big defensive guy. Um, so he's just been helping me work on my defense and um, just helping me as I, as I, uh, you know, move on to my, my career. And, and you mentioned, and we've talked about, obviously, you know, getting to the term, you played Baylor this season, but how was that experience, you know, back-to-back, you know, being in the NCAA tournament? Not a lot of individuals, you know, you could say, you know, didn't get past the first round, but not a lot of people get that experience. Right. Um, well, the the one last year and this year, it can kind of different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last year, uh, COVID was a was huge back then. Well, last mm-hmm. year, so you know we had to get tested every day, had a quarantine when we first got there for like two days. So you know things were different this year. Um, it's it's much different. We had to be there, had to get tested. Uh, was a lot of fans in there. So it basically, it basically felt like COVID wasn't around. Mm. You know, so uh, you know the police escorts were still the same, private plane. You know, just. Like I said, these memories I get to share with my teammates and my coaches. And also, I I, I, I saw this on Twitter. And I thought it was pretty dope. Like to me, your pops is like your biggest supporter. Um, yeah. And so can you talk about that? I just I just love how just looking through. Cause I was looking for you on Twitter trying to promote, but then I saw your pops, and I was like, oh, this is dope. Like he is a big time supporter of his son, and I just appreciate that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, he he's like that with all my siblings. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, most of my siblings play sports. So, you know, whenever they have a game, he's there loud. He front row at every game. Okay. You know, that, that means a lot. Uh, you know, I got to have a big support system like my, my father and my mother, mm-hmm. um, as long as my grandparents. So, you know, he's, he's basically my, my role model. Awesome, and um, so, you know, to me, I'm all about a kid, especially in mean, playing, playing ba- basketball. I, I coach ball too as well anyway. And I'm always about progression. You've shown progression. Your journey is not over, but what's so what's next for you? Uh, I don't know. I haven't made a decision yet. Uh-huh. You know, I, I do still have one year of uh, eligibility. So, I mean, I haven't had a talk with Coach Jones yet, you know, to uh-huh. talk about that. So uh-huh. uh, I'm still eager to see what, what he says and eager to see what he thinks and, you know, just move on from there. And this is called HBCU Corner. And so I want to, I want to talk about the importance of playing in the HBCU, being the HBCU too. So to you, for you, how important it is for you to play ball in the HBCU and also just being on the HBCU campus? Uh, it means a lot, you know, uh, because, you know, HBCUs have talent, you know. Uh, you don't always have to go to a big power five school like Duke or whatever to, you know, to be successful. Um, you can come to uh, MEAC, the, the SWAC, you know, all those those schools, HBCUs, um, that showcase that talent. And I'm, I'm there right front and center. And that, that means a lot to me. Well, you definitely showcased your talent. Thanks for being on uh, the show and also being part of HBCU Corner. Is there anything you would like to add? Nah, I'm, I'm good. All right, man. Well, appreciate you, man. You stay blessed and keep up the great work. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Hey, man, that kid's dope. That kid gonna do special things, man. Uh, you know, he got one more year of eligibility. It'd be dope he has, you know, spend that time with, with Coach. Because uh, I think they have something they're building special up there at Norfolk State. Uh, so hopefully, you know, he he plays, you know, plays ball over there and, and they can do something like shock the world and maybe, you know, the NCAA will show Norfolk, Norfolk State that respect. And 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 when they if they do win the MEAC tournament and win the, and win the division again, have them over a 16th seed. I'm sick of the NCAA disrespecting the MEAC. I'm we're saying progression in the MEAC, and we need to start. They need to start showing us our respect. And I say us because, as you know, I went to the University of Maryland Eastern Shore, and you know we wrap it over here. HBC HBCU corner ain't just a thing. It's real. We we out here representing that the HBCUs out here. So hopefully. You know the NCAA will show us our respect, and so when we put out put a team that put a team out there that has kind of checked the boxes um, in terms of a you know in terms of seating, 
at a higher at a higher level. Now no one's asking for a 10 seed or anything like that, but you know, 14, 15, 14 seed. Look what this 15 seed and has is doing in the tournament now in St. Peter's, and they're in the they're in the Sweet 16, having op, having the opportunity to get to the Elite Eight. So just saying, show us our respect, man. Give us what we owe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Give it to us, man. You owe us that. Give it to us. Anyway, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Uh, just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Uh, hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Amplifier Media at AmplifierMedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Amplifier shows as well as other great content. Hey, man, this has been a dope show. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Uh, hope, you know, next week. We plan on having the homies back, you know what I'm saying, Will T and Ray Jeezy. So we'll have a full roster. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Saint for ages. Yeti Deuces, Amega. Do me a favor, bro. Lead us out, big homie.